This is Captain Jeff, and I just uh, recorded a little bonus footage with Chris Walsh from School Tech Lures. I thought you guys would enjoy it. Um, it's about six minutes. It really hits home with real guys helping real guys. This is uh, the Real Guy Podcast brought to you by Waypoint TV, the boatyard in Fort Lauderdale, and uh, Kettle and Fire, Bone Broth, Classic Soups, and Kato Soups. If you're into a healthy lifestyle, into a healthy gut, you want a better complexion, you just want a better way to live, you're looking for a healthier lifestyle, order something from Kettle and Fire. Get 15% off with the promo code WAYPOINT. Clear the airwaves. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is the Real Guy Podcast. Believer in supporting Tommy Green and George Copeland and Snook Nook and the guys up at Juno Bait, Todd, you know, and Pete Schultz, right? Versus right. going to the big boxes. And I wish I had said that, you know, uh, maybe I don't want to piss the big boxes off. But that's that's a point to bring up is like so you want to support your jobs, support the local. Don't walk into Bass Pro Shops because it's a dollar cheaper. Right. Same lure. You know? Right. So, yeah, no, that, that's, um, that's exactly what, you know, that's exactly what we've kind of been preaching. Um, I did a little podcast not too long ago about real deal bait and tackle. And, you know, if you go in there, you support the guy that's actually handing you the product. Yeah. You know, it's not, I mean, yeah, he has employees, but he's also one of the guys in there. He's putting stuff on the shelves. He's making sure it's there for you. He's making sure you understand how to use it. He's making sure you get the most out of your warranty, so on and so forth, where, you know, the Bass Pro Shop, you know, you're dealing with some person that's making $12, $14 an hour. And, you know, I guess they'll show up to work every day, but they're not exactly what you would call, um, you know, the person you want to uh no they don't know anything right they're just a drone yeah i skin. mean we had dylan <laughs> justice working at the bass pro shops he got a job up there right and he they were like this is the greatest lure ever and dylan was just showing everybody because he was popping it open nobody did that so he was walking around he had one in his like you know smock that he put on he had, you know there's a little pocket there he kept the lure in there he kept popping it and every time <laughs> he did someone would buy it and i said and we always knew like spool tech has a mechanism. So it, it needs to be deployed to get together. If it's just sitting there on a shelf, you don't get it. Right. Right. And, right. and, uh, but like Tommy green, you know, Copeland, they would pop it, you know, Mike Tice, they would pop them and show people. And we felt like, right. you know, we wanted to support those guys. So, you know, and, and but, but, but where the real money was, was getting the, the big orders from the big, big companies. Yeah. And just so you know, Tommy Where? Green's the guy. Nobody knows. Tommy Green is, he knows more of the upper echelon fishing lure people than almost anyone in the country, right? Yes. His little shop, uh, Dave really, that was the, the thing was, I thought exactly as you said in the beginning of the thing, I, I said, I thought it was a dream team. And I realized Dave had no idea how the business side of it worked. And it was Tommy Green who, he, Tommy Green set me straight, you know, so I owe everything to him. He was our first customer and he was, he believed in it. He thought it made sense right away. He's like, this is, this actually is something that's real. And, um, you know, right. so he'd be a good guy to have on for sure. He's retired now. I think he, they, they bought him out if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they did. Um, actually, I actually did a podcast with Tommy over the summer right before he actually oh, oh, good. walked out and it, it was a good podcast and it was good to sit down with him. I don't know if you know how far back him and I go, but, uh, I 
I can imagine. Well, he was buddies with my dad. Right. So, you know, when I was like 10, 11, 12, I'd be hanging out, you know, go down to Tommy's and there'd be a 20 pound snook. They'd be flaying in the shop and that kind of thing. And then we got a little older. Um, my dad was fishing with the Venezuelans and um, trying to set world records for Marlin. So me and Tommy and some other rich dudes got in his friggin' got in this one rich guy's jet and went over to Venezuela and fished with them. And it's like, I just kind of knew him. Yeah. Almost like an uncle figure, yeah. Forever, you know. Yeah. And oh, that's it's, cool. Uh, it's funny how many people that um, he has helped in the industry. I mean, just hundreds and hundreds. Oh, hundreds. He's a ledge. I mean, the guy, and he and he, he backs it up. You know, I mean, you know, either pitching that little jig in his in, into that bat's mouth. I mean, I watched him do it like thirty times in a row. Um, <laughs> It blew my mind. I, he didn't miss, you know. Dude, he was doing that shit when I was like twelve. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Backs it up, you know. Yes, yeah, sure he does. He sure does. Yeah, yeah he was and and smart because anybody that was catching snook, especially, he would reach out to and talk to once a month. I was yeah. young, you know, fourteen, right. fifteen, fishing around the Los Angeles Isles, and my dad. Be on, you know, would be like, "Hey, Tommy's on the phone," and I'd go over and talk to him, and he just wanted to get, get about five minutes of information from me. Right. Well, that's his you network. <laughs> right. No, he was smart, man. I learned from that. You know, dude, Mark Croca has a network of people that, as good as he is, right, he still has. I mean, that that information webs that those guys down in the Keys have, like when they're fishing, all the, you know, like you got to find out about Key West if you got a uh, Redbone tournament. I, I blew my mind how Croca kept a log every two weeks on the tides, and he had it for like 35 years, right? And he, you know, he just thought in two week increments, is what he said, you know. Mm-hmm. For, and he said, you're either behind or in front of it for the year, but it's every two weeks, you know, the tide, you know, you're on the same tide. And he says, I just, and I look at cycles and like we would try to get him to do something. And like he, I, he, he never takes vacations because if he takes his finger off the pulse of the fish, like in his mind for a day, he, you know, it's, he's got to spend a week to, to get back on him. It's all but, about rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. But he's like, I mean, the, I, I underestimated just how networked those guys were and, and Dave and how much nuance goes into it. I mean, there should be a movie about snook guys one day, you know, like a documentary uh, would be cool. Like, especially bridge guys at night that are hardcore bouncing around, you know, chasing the tide would be uh-huh. a, would, would be a badass thing. Well, um, well, listen, man, that was cool. Yeah. Um, buddy, but you know, um, um, but, no, it's good to know. Good to yeah, know. Yeah. Good to know going forward. Gotcha. But all right, thanks a million, Chris. Good job. You bet. Bro. Thanks, Talk brother. Talk to you soon. Okay. See you, bud. Bye.